now. I don't know who he is behind that mask of his, but I do know when we need him. We need him now. I'll call him For some reason, the cool bars in Hollywood have to be hard to find and have to have no sign. This is the Cocktail Nation. Well, a special show this week as I'm joined by Mark Riddle of the Quiet Village Podcast and his uh, his character Muddy Lush fame. He's stopping by for a chat about his latest album called La Henna Sunset. We're going to look at some of the events around the globe with a look at the world of swank, gig guide, and an interesting piece of fashion history in our stuff segment. Meantime, let's kick off with the Tikiaki Orchestra and Rumble in the Jungle on the Cocktail Nation.
This is the Cocktail Nation. Or the bug that is from their curious tourist album. Make sure you grab it on Bandcamp. Official website, cocktonation.net. If you'd like to see what's going on in the Sydney penthouse and to get in touch with me and for gigs around the globe as well. Official website, cocktonation.net. And of course, that includes the Lounge Life magazine, which we'll go through shortly. Cocktail Nation. Well, exciting news. Mark Riddle, a.k.a. Marty Lush, has a brand new album out called Lahaina Sunset, and it is absolutely spectacular. Island time in Hawaii, I tell you what is uh, the theme of this, that's for sure. Hi, Mark. Congratulations on the new album. This is spectacular. The authenticity is incredible, and I think that uh, it could really only be brought together by someone with such a deep knowledge and love of the music like you do. So congratulations. Thank you, and aloha, Coop. It's good to be back here. It's been a long time. Um, I am a listener, so I'm very excited to be on the show. 
What is it about Old Lahaina that really put you on island time when you went there? You know, it was actually my first time to the island of Maui. Uh, actually, my only, my second time to Hawaii itself. First time was to Oahu. It was very different from Oahu, um, from Honolulu and Waikiki, which is much more urban. Still, still exotic, still Hawaii, um, and I loved it. Uh, but it was very different. And we stayed, uh, my wife and I, it was just my wife and I, we didn't bring the kids this time. Yeah, I know. And we felt guilty about it, but, but we did. Um, we managed to just by chance, we got a great deal on a, on a older hotel, a little smaller hotel that was in the old part of Lahaina, literally one block from the center of old Lahaina. Um, and just a mile down the road was the big resort, you know, towering resort metropolis center of Lahaina um, and those places are absolutely gorgeous I'm not knocking them one bit but one of the plus sides of being in the older hotel was that we were closer to the locals so to speak and we really got the vibe um, you know we would get up in the morning walk to go get our coffee and it was literally you know literally just go out our hotel and right past this little uh, grade school which took us like five steps and then we were in the center of town at the oldest largest banyan tree um in which in front of what used to be the courthouse and uh, with little chickens running around and the, the shops and the buildings there on that main street which is front street um were all you know, they were all over a hundred years old and there were plaques every once in a while that would talk about old line. And one of the ones that really struck me, and I actually took a photo of it was, um, the fact that Lahaina started as a Japanese fishing village and that it was once called the Venice of the Pacific because all of the Japanese fishermen, they farmed fish there as well as going out to fish them. So there were canals and ponds everywhere so people got around by uh canoe through the through the canals and there were of course bridges and whatnot so there was that aspect um it, it, it's it's it just had this feel that you weren't that far removed from the origins of old lahaina it feels like such an authentic album what strikes me is that almost like the island and nature basically have provided the soundtrack all you needed to do was piece the uh, music together and i'm wondering about the whole process of this were you making notes about the places you went along on your trip referring to photos later on or is this all basically done with memory i'm curious because when i listen to the album it feels like i'm there well thank you that that that's a huge compliment because that's what I really wanted from that. Um, no, I didn't actually go with the intention of doing reconnaissance, so to speak. Um, I wish I was that organized. <laughs> I'm not that organized. Um, I didn't have the idea of writing music about it. I didn't have the idea, certainly, of not doing an album about it. It was, um, we just went and I just soaked it up and I was so uh just i i don't know moved i was just affected by the vibe uh that it just really got to me so when i came home it was almost immediately that i sat down and, and wrote lahaina sunset 
uh, the, the first track. And at that point, I still didn't have the idea of doing an album, but I, I wanted to write something that really got the sense that I that I was feeling because I got home back to my home in, uh, you know, the rat race of Los Angeles and, um, you, you know, back to the routine. But I was still on this high. I still had the relaxation effect uh, and, and it did inspire me. Uh, in fact, my friend Andy Nazal, the, the Tiki Joe's Ocean guy, he called me not more than a few days after we got back and said, he asked me point blank. So did it inspire you to write? And I thought that was really funny. I said, you know, it's funny you say that because I'm right now working on a track that inspired me uh, uh, from the from the trip. And that was Lahaina Sunset. And interesting thing is it came very quickly. Um, I sometimes languish over writing. Like, should I go here? Should I go there? And I'm one of those people that can actually get paralysis by analysis you know I, I i second guess myself this one just flowed in fact all of the tunes did I, when i finished that song and i listened to it um i just i loved it and i thought you know what i need to do a complete album i just i think i can i think i've got more of this in me and i did now, how do we get this album? Because your distribution is probably a little bit different than what we normally expect with iTunes and all that sort of stuff. You're, you're doing it a little bit differently, aren't you? Yes. Um, I'm actually doing it all. It's all through me and my website, at least for the time being. Um, I may actually do streaming on you know the services like iTunes and, and Spotify and that sort of thing. But for now... Um, I'm just doing the hard copies through me, which is a little uh, little different. And the, also, the other thing that's different is I'm not doing CDs. I'm doing um, I'm doing LPs, of course, but I'm doing those on 180 gram, um, you know, extra thick vinyl, kind of a, an audiophile pressing version because I want it I want it to be something special. Um, but instead of CDs, I opted to do flash drives. Uh, or thumb drives, as some people call them. Um, I, you know, I, I toyed with the idea of doing the CD, but then I had all of these things that I thought, wouldn't it be great if I could include this and include that and include this other thing too? And it was a lot of stuff that would not fit on a CD, of course. Um, also, there's two bonus tracks that didn't fit on the LP, so there, and, and they were actually demos that I did, and I thought, well, I'm not going to add those to the album. And then later on, I, I went back and listened to them and thought, you know what, they're actually, I like them enough to put them out. So I decided, well, I'll put them on the CD, but I wound up not doing CDs because the flash drive, what I did was I, I did a little two-part making of, like the whole idea behind each track as well as the whole idea behind the album. And then I made two um, two music videos for two of the songs on the album, all of which are in you know high-def 1080p stereo. Um, and then I included um, three different versions of the record. So uh, you actually get the LP sides one and two as, as individual tracks. All track one is side one, track two is side two. Then I broke them down into individual tracks, so you get you get separated tracks uh, with the jungle sounds and everything. And then I decided to go ahead and 
give the give the buyer the, the the album again without the jungle tracks if they just wanted to focus on the music and i i just thought why not you know so i added all that extra stuff i put the the album artwork in high res i even put cd template if someone wanted to burn their own cd they could print the uh, the booklet out already formatted um, and then I included uh, iPhone wallpapers or smartphone wallpapers and just just a few little extra things I thought would be fun. But I thought of putting it, because it wouldn't fit on a CD, I thought, well, I'll put it on a flash drive. I thought of, well, what about a DVD-R or something like that? No, that didn't quite work. So I put it on a flash drive, and I found this company that makes these beautiful carbonized bamboo flash drives in a matching uh, bamboo gift box and they laser etched any logo you want on it so I did that and nobody's done that yet uh, which I was surprised to find out uh, Sven Kirsten the guy who wrote the book of Tiki I gave uh, him a copy to to check out and he was just enthralled by the um, by by the uh, the bamboo flash drive and the and the little the little um, box that it came in he really enjoyed that and he and he asked me you know why hasn't anybody done this before i said i guess somebody had to be the first but it was a gamble you know it was a gamble i i, I wasn't sure that people would take to that as opposed to they've got to have it on a disc format but so far everybody seems to really like the flash drives and i the other thing, too, was I, I didn't distribute it out through anybody. It's all just through my website, and digitiki.com, a little shameless plug there. <laughs> uh, but I, I one of the things that I really enjoy about the Tiki community is the fact that when you go to an event, the artist that made that mug is there, uh, or the artist that did that painting or that print is there. Um, and, and, and of course, if there's music involved, it's the musicians that made that album are there and, and you can talk to them and you can hang out with them. You can get to know them. And it's very personal when you go to buy a, an, a piece of art or an album by the artist that is there. The other thing, the other thing is, believe it or not, this is my first solo Exotica album. You know, I did the Alika Lyman project, but that was under Alika Lyman. I was the performer and the producer of that record, but it really, it was, my name wasn't on it. And I've worked in other Exotica bands as a sideman, and I've done a lot of recording projects as a sideman for other people. Uh, it, it's really, um, it's even odd for me to think. I've done so much work in music, but this is my first Exotica record on my own. So I was actually very nervous bringing this out. Uh, when I when I released it at Tiki Caliente in May, uh, it was I literally got the LPs in the day before I left for Palm Springs, and so you know it, I got there and they did a listening party, and I was nervous beyond belief. I was like, "What if people don't like it? What if you know? What if what if what if what if?" And you know it. Yeah, it's 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 a work of art that you finished, and you're just gonna set it out there for people to judge. There it is, and that, that's a little nerve wracking, you know. There you go, the hand of sunset, the exotic sounds of Mark Riddle. Congratulations! Thank you. And let's spin a track 
right now on the Cocktail Nation. This is the title track, Lahaina Sunset, on the Cocktail Nation.
Orange Exotica and Spages This is Cocktail Nation with Coucou Père. Cocktailation Mancini and Blue Mantilla also played Rose Sinclair with Ponciana. We're going to be talking to Rose in the coming weeks. And of course, Mark Riddle with Lahana Sunset, the title track from his latest album. Now, that particular interview that I did with him, I've actually got a uh, longer version of the uh, the chat that which we uh, will be putting up on the, on the podcast feed for you to enjoy in its fullness. So, uh, yeah, Mark had a lot to say. We managed to condense it for this week, but um, I will bring you uh, in a few days' time the extended version of this particular chat, in which he has a lot to say about Exotica and, of course, this amazing album called La Hena Sunset, which you've got to grab. Digitiki.com is his website. Now, a few things going on around the globe that you might like to check out. We've got them up on the World of Swank Gig Guide. Hooky Lau coming up June 8 to 11 in Florida. The Hot Rod Rock and Rumble, August 24. Shag's Bambi and Thumper print release party at the Shag store in the Palms Casino Resort in Vegas. And Fat Cat Swinger is playing at the Campus Jam, Newport Beach. Lots of great gigs to check out via the World of Swank Gig Guide official website, cocktonation.net is where you'll find that. Where you'll also find Lounge Life magazine. Lots of great uh, retro stories that I come across. Put them up on the website. It's a free website. A uh, free magazine that you can download. Reads like a, it's a website. But it reads like a, a magazine. 
Exoticon is coming to Wisdom LA Art Park. It's a it's a three day event organised by the Peekaboo Gallery. It looks to be the ultimate experience for those with a passion for exotic music, tiki culture, and cool mid century vibes. That one courtesy of uh, Jason Whiten from SpyVibe.com. Got gold in the story of Andy Williams and Carol Lombard was the best actor ever in a claim made on a particular website that I found the story that we've got up on the website. So check it out via the website cocktailnation.net. We are talking about the Lounge Life magazine. On the Cocktail Nation Deep. Do clothes in China just say made down the road? Very deep. Cocktail Nation. When a man loves a woman, but she doesn't love him, never treats me sweet and gentle the way she should. I got it bad and. That ain't good My poor heart is Sentimental Not Made of Oh, folks. 
folks with good intentions tell me to save my tears. I'm glad I'm mad about her, cause I can't live without her.
to take life so seriously. Gee, but I'm glad to find there's a brand new free me. Throw all your fears and doubts down the drain. Learn to see a sky where there's no rain. the way it's gotta be that's the way it's gotta be free and easy that's me free and easy that's me Continuation with Linda Carone and free and easy Frankie Lane I got a bad and that ain't good you can listen to the Cocktail Nation anywhere across the globe, of course, via the podcast, cocktailnation.podbean.com, on iTunes, on iHeartRadio, via the penthouse.fm, radio16.com.au, Kitten Moore Radio, Humboldt 101, Lounge King Radio, Racketeer Radio, and the Drive-In Lounge. You'll also hear us on Chill Lover Radio and WJST Jet Set Radio. This is the Cocktail Nation.
jumps ahead. Sick with us, you'll be well fed with happy music all the while. Easy listening with a smile. Keep jumping, follow suit. You're gonna have a bright new future. The Cocktail Nation. Music for your hi-fi.
Cognition Steve Yeager with Monte Carlo. Also played Drugstore Romeos and Wondrous Place and Mario Gregorov with Snake Eyes. Today, much more stuff going on. The stock market crash of 1929 saw millions of Americans struggling to survive amidst financial ruin. The Great Depression saw its lowest point in 1933 with an estimated 15 million people left unemployed and almost half the country's banks having failed. In order to squeak by, people had to rely on very clever means of making resources last. When it came to fashion and clothing, well, people really weren't thinking about being trendy. So, Americans turned to using common items as material. Most common, the burlap sacks used to contain food products like flour and potato. Making the most out of a miserable situation, food manufacturers did their best to make the sacks more attractive. They made them colourful with fun prints like sunshine and flowers. And in order to get the logo off the bag, consumers would soak the ink overnight in lard or kerosene. By the end of the 30s, companies began to use more soluble inks to ease the process. Thus came the boom in variety of food snack thriftiness, from dresses to curtains to quilts. And whilst the idea of wearing a sack as clothing seems like a bad fashion choice, I still think it's far more presentable than the rappers and hoods who wear sagging pants that expose one's underwear. Well, that's about it, Stuff fans. We'll have more for you at another time. Thank you. Bye-bye. This is the Cocktail Nation.
Cocktail Nation. Nation, Daniel Pemberton and I Spy. Next week on the show, words with Wellesley looking at movies of the 1970s. Going to leave you with Stereophonic Space Sound Unlimited now and Secret Lab. Stay happy.